Welcome to Talk Therapy CBT, a conversation about educating, helping, and connecting individuals to the world of psychology. This podcast is supported and produced by Inner Balance Psychology Center. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Raffa, and join with me on this snowy day is Anthony Dana. How you doing? I'm doing fine. I still got to um, get the snow off my car, but other than that, I'm just peachy. <laughs> You're peachy. That's a good thing. So we have a title sort of for today. It's the generations. Yeah. So generations, what we mean by that is the different generations that have been pegged, I guess, in social psychology and economy. It was an interest of mine years ago, and I kind of brought it back in. So we each have some things to say about it. We'll weave it into history and psychology. And we have quotes for yeah. today. You have your quote? Yes, I do. And um, my quote is, each generation imagines itself to be more intelligent than the one that went before it and <laughs> wiser than the one that comes <laughs> after it. And that is um, by George Orwell. So one of the reasons I like this, um, a bit of a Gen X snob. <laughs> so I think that makes sense. I will be kind to other generations today. But yes, of course, we think our generation is the greatest maybe because that's our perception, right? That's what we know. Best music, maybe not the best clothes, but the best, <laughs> more knowledgeable for lots of different reasons, right? Yeah, I, um, I will pick on other generations, but <laughs> I'll say this. I, yeah, I feel the exact same way, but, it, you know, every generation should. You should be proud of your generation. So I get it. Mm -hmm. I understand why you might think that you're better than everybody else <laughs> or other generations. So, so there is something to be said. That I will admit this. I don't think our generation is better than the traditionalists, um, a.k.a. the greatest generation. I mean, uh, you know, they went through a, a depression and a world war. Mm -hmm. Now, we didn't have a depression in a world worse, and neither did any of the other generations. So you only know how good you are until you uh, are cornered or you have no other recourse, right? So mm -hmm. that generation, uh, you know, dug in and, um, you know, stood and delivered where, you know, other generations, uh, you know, since then never had that, never needed that. And thank God. But mm -hmm. who knows how other generations would have, you know. Would have survived that. Yeah. Or, you know. Well. I think going through that is a crisis and it's a tough, it makes people tougher. Mental toughness may come out of it, which I'll be referencing a few books today. Mm -hmm. And one of them is The Fourth Turning by William Strauss and Neil Howe. I think I mentioned it before, but I really like that book because it talks about different cycles throughout history with um, belief systems, with psychology and sociology too. I think it's very befitting, especially right now with our current crisis. My quote Mm -hmm. is very similar to yours. Colin Hightower is the person who said this. Older generations are living proof that younger generations can survive their lunacy. So we learn, I think, hopefully, from older generations and history. History repeat itself, that kind of thing, right? Uh, you know, absolutely. We, uh, you know, we take a look at, you know, the generation before us. And um, there is the Monday morning quarterback uh, mentality where you can look back at another generation and, pick apart everything that they did wrong because it's pretty simple or easy to. But then there's always, okay, well, what would you have done differently? Uh -huh. And, you know, it's easy to answer that question five years later. Right, exactly. And hopefully we do learn from those things in our current uh, crisis. We'll hopefully learn from this in 20 years too, right? Economic, financial, pandemic. 
You know, yeah. I mean, we're, we're not really good at learning from our mistakes. And when I say we, I mean people. You know, he, yeah, the human race. Uh, the human race, right? <laughs> as, as a collective. Sure, sure. So we have six generations we're going to touch on. Um, I guess we'll take turns. Do you want to start with your favorite? Well, we're both. I mean, again, <laughs> you know, we'll both give our take on it. Yeah, you know, from, but I mean, from, describing it is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like I mentioned earlier, um, being a history teacher, I've always been fascinated with the traditionalists. My grandmother. She she was born in 1916, and my father was born in 1917. Obviously, you know, my grandmother's uh, daughter's my mother, so they were 20 years apart when they were married. So my grandmother was from West Virginia. She hitchhiked here looking for work with a infant daughter who was my mother and looking for work. And then my father was like one of 10 kids and, you know, he went volunteered for World War II. So that generation, you know, the stories have always been, you know, told in my household about that generation. And so, and then becoming a history teacher, I have a lot, even more respect for that generation. They're pretty incredible what they went through, what they accomplished. And the only bad thing I have to say about that generation is that they raised the baby boomers. So I don't know what happened there, but, you know. Um, Do you want to give a summary of that generation? Sure. Yeah. They are 1900 to 1945. They experienced hard times while growing up, which were followed by times of prosperity. Their outlook on life was practical. Their work ethic was considered dedicated. Uh, Their view on authority was respectful. You know, they were stringent rule followers. Leadership was based off of hierarchy. Relationships were personal, where you make sacrifices. Their turnoffs were vulgarity. A training is the hard way. Learning style is classroom. Communication is top-down. Decision-making, they would seek approval. Leadership style is command and control. Feedback, no news, is good news. <laughs> I've heard that a lot all my life. And then with technology, they were very uncomfortable. And job changing was considered unwise. I think they wanted security. So they were born during crisis, right? So that was during the Great Depression. That's considered a fourth turning, by the way. People born during that time have a different outlook and belief on life. They were born during a crisis. So they were born during um, poverty. You know, they develop these beliefs and it informs their thinking. It informs their, their behavior. That's what's cool about psychology is it's an era of time, which is generally about 20 years or so as a generation. So very different mindset compared to today, right? I wonder how they would deal with a pandemic today. <laughs> like, ah, we've been through a million of those, right? At well, that time. You know, they would laugh at this because- yeah, um, mask wearing and stuff like that. And yeah, you know, because I mean, I think- Tough individuals, I imagine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, storming the beaches of, uh, you know, of uh, Normandy or not knowing where your next meal may be coming from, mm-hmm. as opposed to- Wear your mask. I think they would just find this laughable. I mean, even this crisis, um, if you want to use that word, uh, a lot of people have Mm -hmm. uh, compared to previous crises. Stockbrokers jumping out, committing suicide. I mean, the Depression had that. World War II had what it had Mm -hmm. comparing today's crisis. Yeah. So during a crisis, the good things, quote unquote, good thing is that values are replaced with new ones. So then it resets. Right. And then there is a another first turning, which is kind of a high. During that time, we have the next generation, which is the baby boomers. Right. So the years are not set in stone. It depends on what chart you're referencing and Mm -hmm. if it's a sociologist, economist, like who's writing it. But generally, 
Current age 57 to 75, between 1946-1964. Baby boomers uh, are the biggest consumers of traditional media like television, radio, magazines, and newspapers. And despite being very traditional, 90% of baby boomers have a Facebook account. So they want to be on Facebook in order to connect with family members and old friends. The shaping events of their time was post-World War II optimism, the hippie movement Cold War. So these individuals, you know, were born during a heightened time. So during a first turning, a time of a high, and they're considered the archetype is the prophet generation. And again, this is cycled all throughout, you know, history, which I think is really cool. So they have a belief that you should take care of your children enough to set them on the right course. Don't plan on leaving any inheritance. Most Americans outliving their retirement fund, declining pension, social security, in successfully retiring is a major concern for baby boomers, right? So do you have any thoughts? Any thoughts on these individuals? Well, I don't know. I just thought that they would have a lot more respect for, you know, I don't know, just the country. And then there's so many baby boomer politicians that have really just, for lack of a better phrase, crapped the bed. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to uh, policy and getting involved in, say, war that we shouldn't have gotten involved in or, or conflict that we shouldn't have gotten involved in. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, hindsight's always twenty twenty, mm-hmm. right? So. Right. So we can learn from that. So another, you know, first turning was also during the, and tell me if you, you agree with this, sir, uh, Tudor Renaissance, Mary England, Hmm. The Augustan Age of Empire, Era of Good Feelings. That sounds like a good song, Era mm-hmm. of Good Feelings, right? Reconstruction and Gilded Age. And then the American High was during 1946 to 1964. So, hippie movement. Well, yeah, they-, well, they Love, I, right? I, Love I, that war. On my one chart, it says that, you know, the post-war babies, you know, it was known as the baby boom. Like, you know, all these- all these People having babies. All these boys <laughs> are coming back from war. Yeah. And uh, hey, they get to see their wives again. So and and the government is encouraging this, you know, like, hey, have more kids, you know, have more kids. Because <laughs> you know why? Because we're probably going to go to war with Russia in about 10 or 15 years. At least, we're going to need some boys. Yeah. We, yeah we, well, that's <laughs> just it. Like, you know, we need to um, mm-hmm. reload, so to speak. But yeah, they were post-war, uh, post-war babies. They were radicals in the 70s and then became yuppies in the 80s. The American dream was promised to them as children and they pursued it. As a result, they are seen as being greedy, materialistic, and ambitious. <laughs> yes, a lot and, of different... Uh, their outlook was optimistic. Mm-hmm. Work ethic was driven, very much so. View of authority. They had a love-hate view of authority. I think they stayed at jobs. Are these the individuals that would stay at like Ford and GM? They still and did, they, yeah. They yeah, still like had that from their parents. The retirement, you have security and safety. They go into the bank, want to use cash, no Bitcoin. <laughs> no right, one yeah, of stuff. course. No um, Venmo, you know. Their relationship was uh, instead of personal sacrifice, like the traditionalists were personal gratification and turnoffs were political incorrectness. So learning style was facilitated. Communication was guarded. Problem solving was horizontal. Decision-making, team-informed. Leadership style, get out of the way. Feedback, once per year. Technology use, unsure. And job changing was sets me back. So they were, they didn't want to really take chances if they were set somewhere. So um, generally speaking, baby boomers raised millennials, I think. I mean, it depends on where you are in the, well, the chart there. They, you know? So I see that the they raised both Gen Xers and millennials. I see that too in my yeah. family. My father has all three, actually. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, on the, I'm a Gen Xer. 
And then my sisters are millennials and then um, Gen, well, uh, Gen yeah. Z. I'm 51. I'm considered a Gen Xer. And both of my parents are considered traditionalists right. because they were born in 17 and 37, respectfully. Yeah. So sure. it, all, it all varies, right? You can't you just fall. say that the baby boomers raised this group and only that group. No, no, no. Gen Xers' parents are only baby boomers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's all relative. It is. And it depends where you fall because a lot can happen in that 20-year span. So my favorite generation is our generation, Generation X. I'm a, yeah, I, You're I, not a I favorite can't help, but they're not. Okay. They're my second favorite, <laughs> but it's only because I guess it's just, I have so much respect for my, for my father and, and for my, um, especially right. my grandmother and, and, and that grew. Uh-huh. But yeah. I, I like us too. I you think like we're pretty too. awesome. Well, what I like about us, us as a generation is although we were considered the forgotten generation, the latchkey, we're also considered nomadic. Again, I feel like we grew up during a time where there was, you know, we were left alone. And I think that we were able to develop some level of independence. We didn't have helicopter parents at all. Come home when the streetlights come on. We had to fend for ourselves. Came home from school latchkey by kids. yourself, latchkey kids by yourself. Parents were getting divorced during this time, mm-hmm. uh, more single parents. And it was the end of the Cold War shaping events, the rise of personal computing. So we were getting some IBM, maybe Mac computers and uh, kind of wedged in between two big generations, you know, ages are 41 to 56, birth years, 1965 to 1979 slash 80. And we read newspapers, magazines, listen to the radio, watch TV. We are very digitally savvy, which our Gen Z kids appreciate for the most part, right? MTV generation as well. We will be digitally savvy, so we'll do some online banking. You don't have to go into the bank and put money under the mattress, per se. We are, unfortunately, uh, the generation that has the highest student loan debt with going to college, taking care of aging parents, and we're looking to reduce our debt while building a stable future. So what I like about us uh, as a generation is we take that into parenting our children to help our kids be realistic and independent. Little Johnny wants to be an astronaut. Oh, yes, little Johnny, you can do whatever you want. No, little Johnny, you can't do whatever you want. Sorry, let's give you some reality testing. Or if you want to do whatever you want, this is what you have to do to well, do yeah, that. This is, it's called work every day. You go, you want it's to not do being that? idealistic. And if you're not, right. then you're not going to do that. Like baby boomers, <laughs> sometimes, you know, they were born in that era of idealism and optimism, and they may not be realistic and have some fairy tale fantasies. Again, not wanting to hurt anyone's feelings with this. Gen Xers can be this way too, particularly if they have a high level of anxiety. So we don't want to generalize, but I like the the tough love mentality with raising children. So they have a good understanding and expectation of what it takes to do something with their life, right? Sometimes in class, I'll have a student that'll come up to me after I I put together either an assignment or something, paper that's due or an essay, and I'll get this. uh, I don't know if they think that they're they're talking to their surrogate father or what, but do I have to do this? (laughs) And sometimes I'll slip and I'll say, you know what? No, you don't have to. Yeah, and they're like, the "Well, really?" I go, "No, you don't have to. You don't you have, have to. Do I, can't, I can't make you do anything." No. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, you'll get a zero. This is the so, consequence. But, that's, but the, yes, but right. you don't have to do that. And but if you're okay with that zero, and yeah. you know, averaging your, and then they roll their eyes at me, I go, 
Well, what do you want from me? Like, Here's just a ask me a question. I'm going to tell you the exact God's honest truth. Right. Yes. Well, that's the thing. There's a choice. Well, you, and in therapy too, look, you can continue this behavior. If you want to keep doing this and getting this outcome, then accept that that's the outcome. Yeah. We always have a choice. And that's my way of saying, stop asking <laughs> idiotic questions. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? You, you know the answer. I think you know it Then you get well. blamed. Right. Oh, you told me I should do this. No, I didn't say that. Yeah. Again, I that's where it's like, well, word. did you get that in writing? You know, so stop. Yeah. Kind of the syllabus. This is what you you can do or need to do in order to pass this class, get an A, get a B, get a C, whatever. Right. So let me just mention with our referencing here with this book, we were born during an awakening, which is the second turning, Protestant Reformation, Puritan awakening, Great Awakening, Transcendental Awakening, Third Great Awakening, a lot of awakenings. Ours was considered the Consciousness Revolution, 1964 to 1984. So we, like I said, we were considered nomads because we're just kind of like wandering around, you know, right. I would do that, right? Like ride my bike for like 10 hours and just come home when the streetlights came on or dinner. Yeah. Right. Especially where I grew up. Yeah. Rural, very, yeah. Rural area. Big time. So, so, I mean, I, I had a dirt bike and all my friends had 10 speeds, which that was, that wasn't well thought mm-hmm. out. But <laughs> when we go through the woods, I, I, I was good. But um, yeah, so I have... Let's see what I got yeah, on my on my charts here. I, I feel like Ross Perot with my charts. Let's mm-hmm. see here. So we're independent. Yeah. Communication, hub and spoke. Problem solving is independent. Decision making, team included. Leadership style, coach. Feedback, weekly and or daily. Te- technology use, unable to work without it. And job changing is necessary. We yeah. need to yeah, we get bored. be, well, we either get bored or we need to, okay, you know what? We can do climb, better. Climb the ladder. I'm, yeah, you know, there's a glass ceiling where I'm working right now and I need to find somewhere else. Not afraid to maybe move around and like the traditionalists would stay, well, I need to stay for my health insurance. I need to stay for my benefits. I need to stay for my retirement, my 401k. Like just stay and, you well, know. We were more adventurous in that regard. Where like, It's not the end of the world. Like we're going to find something else. Yeah. Like, it's it's going to be okay. Not what's so what's going to happen? Happy. Like what's really going to happen? What's right. the worst, you know. History? And I have friends who have done that, that in their 30s and 40s changed their career. Oh yeah, totally. Like not <laughs> yeah. just like go from, like upheaval. You know, like hey man, career. I was going to be a doctor and now mm-hmm. I'm going to be, you know, yeah. uh, whatever. I mean, you know, like yep. an engineer. So let's see. Um, outlook on life. Okay. So this just a review. Traditionalists were practical. Boomers were optimistic. Gen Xers are skeptical. Oh, yes. Work ethic, and critical. Right. Work ethic is balanced. View of authority is unimpressed. I love that. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're unimpressed. We're kind we're of unimpressed. Un- We're very much unimpressed with you. Show me more. Mm-hmm. Um, leadership is competence. Relationship, reluctant to commit. And our turnoffs are, we're, we don't like cliche or things that are hyped. Right. So in my notes, too. So we value independence. Uh, We experienced shaky economic times as children during as young adults during the 80s and 90s, described as being resourceful, independent, keen on maintaining work life balance, which I'm a big proponent of that. You mentioned critical thinkers. We have an emphasis on STEM, you know, with education, with learning. Um, And we do remember a time after the civil rights movement. So we don't really have those memories of pre, you know, civil rights Right. The uh, boomers definitely remembered that. So we knew a time where it was more equal. Some influencers for us, well, our perception is is based or shaped by growing up, at, like you said, having to take care of ourselves early. Mm-hmm. And we'd watch politicians lie and watch our parents get laid off. We came of age when the United States was losing the status of being the most powerful and prosperous nation in the world, which is very true. And 
we are the first generation that will not automatically uh, do as well financially as our parents did. We it's it's not a given. It's a de- it yeah, was all, a given. every generation up until that point. It was even if you are terrible, <laughs> you <laughs> still did better than you. You're still going to do better. You're than not your dying your when you're 25. Right, sure, so you that's know, helpful, right? You know. We're considered the smallest size generation, I guess, because people stopped having as many children during our, you know, people didn't have 10 kids necessarily. They had like 2.5 well, or 3. Well, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with... Um, well, it's expensive. Well, the price during, of living. Um, right. I know during for the a fact... 80s, the recession during the 80s. Yeah. So, my, you know, my grandfather was a farmer. So that's why he had 10 kids because you need, yeah. you, you need cheap labor, <laughs> uh, you know, so... Yeah, it was, it was utilitarian. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I did definitely. Um, and I might add, just popped into my mind, um, birth control was the pill came about in 70s too. So women may have started using that, weren't having children as, as much. So that could be why. I can, I, I'll say this, and this is going to sound, this is going to be funny, but true, which is a lot of things that come out of my mouth is television. What do you mean? That was birth control? Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, what, what like. You know, what do a lot of couples do for entertainment before television? Each other. Yeah. You know, now there's like other, th- I'm serious, but it's the God's honest truth. Television and yes. You know, I mean, watching the radio only got you so far. Television? Oh my God. That's true. Like, That's it's a little point. magical box of different people. You can be teleported somewhere, you know? Yeah, you get sucked into that. And, and then- you're, people are in your living room every, every <laughs> right. week. You know what? And, and, yeah. And then you get tired and you just go to bed. There was a, uh, so Robin Williams um, was working with somebody on a movie set. And, you know, this is years after Mork and Mindy. And he did Good Morning Vietnam. He did all these mm-hmm. iconic films. And so somebody in New York uh, saw him. And he was an older guy. And he's like, hey, Mork, Mork and Mindy, Nanu, Nanu. And so I, I think one of his assistants <laughs> said to him, Mr. Williams, you still get that? Like, I mean, that was like 15 years ago. And uh, Robin Williams said, Television mm-hmm. is personal. Like we, I was there every Monday night in their living room. Like it's like you a know, visitor, like it, a guy could get. Yeah, back back in the seventies and eighties and even the nineties, like television was that powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, you remembered must watch TV or certain nights, and you and that was a, during a time period where you didn't stream it. You had to wait till Thursday yeah. night to see what was going to go on with uh, you know, right? Uh, exactly. You, you know, can't just queue it up. You had to really commit to that night at that time, and there was no rewinding there was nothing it was just right you missed it you snooze you, you lose you can't maybe catch it on a rerun or hear about it at the water cooler the next morning at work you might when it's syndicated or if i mean movies there wasn't really any tv shows that were at video vision right it was just um, it was movies no video vision no we still we had, we had the cards you had to grab a card right and let me tell you something and I hope had, the movies when there. they were on a friday night when i worked at video vision <laughs> on a friday night and there was like the new releases and there's about 15 people huddled oh. around the new releases. Yeah, you're hanging around. And I had, and they saw me come out with the cards to put stuff back. Yeah. They would hover, you know, like mm-hmm. they, they would, some of them would try to snatch it from my hands to get, you know, if it was big or, you know, yeah. with Tom Hanks or whatever yeah. the new movie was, it was, it was a riot. You're making a deal with them. That was also Blockbuster. That was Blockbuster. Yeah, Blockbuster sure. It was the same thing. I think that, um, that was, yeah, pretty much everywhere. And now, obviously, it's totally different. So some of the events that also shaped us, um, if you remember, was the Challenger explosion, you know, those crises that occurred yeah. back then, too. That was a snow day. We were off school that day. And so we, we we actually, yeah, that we watched it. I remember it mm-hmm. was um, yep. January something. It was um, 86. 
was 86. Yes, I remember that. All right. Well, so, no, I'm sorry. You, you, were, you were not in high school yet. I was a freshman. So you were still at Deerfield. Uh-huh. Or you were in sixth grade, maybe? Sixth grade, yeah. Yeah, I remember that day. I mean, well, I mean, we could look it up. Well, you guys probably, yeah, you guys had to be off too. If we we must off. have been, yeah. yeah. So we, behavior-wise, I think you already mentioned, materialistic, competitive, individualistic. We had to go through political transition, capitalism, meritocracy, consumption. We are into brands and cars, luxury articles, and status. All right, so next is... Your turn to do millennials. Okay. Look, there's a few millennials that I love slash like. I, I say this to millennials. I would like to be a millennial for this reason. Because I actually, I'm not allergic to hard work. Because you're basically in a group, your workforce, or there's a bunch of, oh God, I'm trying to be kind here. Well, they work with, so one that let me just mentioned really quick, there was a book that I got me started with this. Um, I was always interested in it anyway, but Gen Z at work. And it was a Gen X dad who wrote a book with his Gen Z child. And I believe there's other books out there about m- m- working with millennials. Like, cause mm-hmm. when do they cross paths, right? Millennials will be with boomers and Gen Xers. So ways in which to work with these individuals with different belief systems, with any generation for sure. So were you going to say that they're team oriented and I would just and, say that they yeah. they they don't have they don't have a great work ethic and that's and that's no. to put it mildly and that that's well a, 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 so if, if I you know like I mean if you have a good work ethic and you're a millennial you're going to be a great I mean. great position well that's the why I like the ones I like yeah well hello, yeah <laughs> exactly and my thinking on that is in line with I read this somewhere and again I'm not going to generalize they were raised by baby boomers who were very optimistic perhaps not as realistic with their millennial children as they need to be. So socially conscious, 1980 to 1994, 1996 is the years I have. I don't know what you have. Digital media, mm-hmm. child-focused world, typically grew up as children of divorce. Oh, by the way, baby boomers have the highest uh, divorce rate, uh, going back to the baby boomers. Oh, but wow. anyway, yeah. they hope to be the next great generation and to turn around all the wrong, mm-hmm. in quotes, they see in the world today, they grew up more sheltered than any other generation mm-hmm. as parents strived to protect them from all yeah. the evils of the world. Their coming of age was during a period of economic expansion. They kept busy as kids. First generation of children with schedules. Schedules being important. Many millennials grew up with constant praise from their baby boomer parents, which I believe is a faux pas. That's not how the world works. It's not reality. If they actually did something. If they earned it. Yeah. If they earned it. I'm all about positive reinforcement. If you actually, you know, I get a kid that comes to my class. I brought my book today. That's great. You know, um, you know, Sheila brings her book every day. I'm not going to, you know, make a holiday for her. Right. Socially conscious. They want to save the world. Craves feedback and guidance. Very tech savvy. They grew up with, obviously, tech. Millennials need to feel like they, that what they are doing is important and that they are on the right track. Yes, it does sound a little needy, and it is. This is a quote. <laughs> it sounds it, and it is. <laughs> I, this is not Dr. Affa. It only sounds it because it is. I'm reading it. I'm reading it this way. They are collaborative, care deeply about diversity, and are team-oriented. Um, they also had some shaping events. Internet was an explosion during their time, the Great Recession, and then 9-11. 95% still watch TV. Netflix edges out traditional cable. Extremely comfortable with mobile devices. 
and they have multiple social media accounts. Massive student debt causes the generation to delay major life decisions and purchases. So they had to pay a lot more money for college than you and I did. And they are in massive amounts of debt and they can't get a job, I guess, because of it. Or their expectation is they're going to get a job making a higher amount of money as an entry level person, which could seemingly be somewhat entitled and unrealistic. Well, you know why they're going to do that? Because. Just because. That's why. <laughs> they have it all figured out. The shoulds of life. It, 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 you know. They should earn $100,000 because they have a... How do they feel about each other? I have no idea. Like, did, like would they, like, because again, I, I see them as being the biggest group of hypocrites where they would condemn somebody else who is the exact same mm-hmm. as they are as, mm-hmm. oh, they're lazy. They don't have a work ethic. And meanwhile, they can't look in the mirror. They might. I don't know. So, I mean, I have some like exceptions to the rule with people that I know that are, were born in that time period, but don't act like millennials. Right, and I think, the rough. Yeah. right. And I think it has a lot to do with their parents' being immigrants, you know, that this, my that's sisters always have a good big work help. ethic. Uh, yeah, exactly. My sisters, shout out to you guys, do not act like typical millennials because I think because of our, our father being on an immigrant from Italy with a high work ethic so, and the influence of, you know, my family members as well. So there are exceptions to the rule, I think. Again, not a, not a bad well, one. Okay. Well, I, I got one more chart. To go <laughs> you over. Go ahead. Wait, let me go see. Ahead. Cause I just, this is, there's, there, I skipped one. There's there's two charts that I really like. So this is the other one. They're also known as the Gen Wires. They are, yeah. They're also called Gen Wires. I mean, wires. Training, continuous and expected. Mm-hmm. Learning style, collaborative and networked. Communication is collaborative. Problem solving is collaborative. Right. I'm sensing a trend. Decision making is team decided. And collaborative. And collaborative. <laughs> um, leadership style, partner. Collaborative. As a teacher, I will say, what group project? For the most that? part, sometimes mm-hmm. it's okay. I hate, loathe, cannot stand projects with groups. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand it because it's it's. I have to make sure everybody's okay. doing something it's that unfair. they should. Because as a teacher, mm-hmm. I also cannot stand the slackers that just let. Oh, I'm just gonna let them do. So I, I have an individual grade within the group grade. Mm-hmm. So at least there's something to hold them accountable. But on the flip side, I also am very aware of that type A person mm-hmm. who will not let anybody do anything because oh. you're just going to ruin it. I'll do it all. <laughs> Don't even touch it. And yeah, I kind of yeah. rolled my hand, throw my hands up in the air too. Like, okay, you know, go ahead. Mm-hmm. So there's both of those things to, to deal with, but that is what, you know, in education. And I think it has a lot to do with the millennials, like group work, group, you got to do group work because they got to work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a difference between working together in a high school well, project fair, as yeah. opposed to working for a business. Oh, I don't know. Getting fired, getting docked, uh, you know, uh, your paycheck. I mean, all I'm going to do is maybe give you a bad grade. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, that's, that's the extent of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So other things about them, They place their trust in brands with superior product history as Apple and Google. They also have little patience for inefficient or poor service. They want to shop products and features. They're very into that. But yes, again, they could be an asset at work, especially with the obliger tendency in the team building. So these individuals were born during an unraveling, which is the third turning. And they uh, historically, I'll mention to you, retreat from France, intolerance and martyrdom, Reaction and Restoration, French and Indian War, World War I and Prohibition, Mexican War and Sectionalism, Culture Wars is the prevalent uh, 1984 to 2005. 
is where we're at with this um, gap. So that generation is a hero, right, during unraveling. It's a downcast era of strengthening individualism and weakening institutions uh, when the old civic order decays and the new value regime implants. So my next favorite generation is Gen Z, Mm -hmm. mostly because my child is in this generation and he was raised by Gen X parents. So you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go. Um, Training is playing life. Wait, what years? Um, Oh, I'm sorry. I I have here 1995 to 2012. I know. I have different years too. 97 to 2012. Okay. Yeah. Current ages are not 24, Mm -hmm. generally speaking, but go ahead. Training is playing life. Mm-hmm. Learning style is pocket, mobile, internet-based. Communication is electro-social, highly connected. Problem-solving, global tribe, independent. So there's and like a hint of independence is in there, which I like because well, that's us. That's us. Well, because we raised them. Mm-hmm. Decision-making is sonar and individualistic. Learning style is RSS protagonist. Feedback is continuous social sonar, and technology use is lifelong use. Um, because <laughs> it's, it's always they were born and like it wasn't like they had like a, they were born like with they don't have stories like we do. Like when we had to get when we had to turn the channel, we had to get up and walk to oh, the yeah, TV. There was no remote. They had none of that. In no, which, instant you know, gratification. They got to, they get to download. They were literally born with an iPad or a phone, taking pictures of them when they were born. Right. right? The average Gen Zer received their first mobile phone at 10 years old. Many of them grew up with their parents' mobile phones or tablets. They're hyper-connected uh, to the digital world. And shaping events were the advent of smartphones, social media, never knowing a country not at war, and seeing the financial struggles of their parents' Gen Xers. And again, like you said, not knowing a world that was non-digital. Finance is similar to Gen X, their parents' in financial attitudes, but wanting to avoid debt after seeing the millennials struggle with their debt. Characteristics, which I like as well, is uniqueness, individual, also realistic, which is pretty important. Again, the digital era. So these individuals, I guess, are mostly of your class, right? They're Gen Z. No, they, yeah, they are. Members. And um, I think we were talking, they don't mind a side hustle. They don't uh, mind a side hustle, right. Right. They can be entrepreneurs. 72% of teens want to start their own business someday, and some can. It isn't just the path of you have to have a high school education and then a college education and a grad school and paying a ton of debt. Maybe you can make it doing a side hustle. Well, you know, know? I would think there was a time when, you know, if if you were somebody who would go and deliver food or do these things on the side, you were looked down, oh, you can't make ends meet, so you have to. And they're like, no, I just like, I like money and I want more money. Right. right now. To pay for my yeah, devices. Exactly. My so I am, I am an Uber driver. I am a door dasher. You know, I, yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't mind making more money. Thank you. Well, I like the tech savviness um, with them, even though they will Google everything. They have, they're able to multitask. I see my child do this with five screens at once, different monitors. They are naturally social. So even though, and this is a whole nother discussion, even though right now a lot of the Gen Zers are in school and they're affected socially by the pandemic, a lot of them can still be social because they can be on social media. They can play games together. They can, you know, that is still social, even though it's not the same as right. being in the same room and having a play date, quote unquote. It's still their their natural inclination. Is well, it's, I think it, it's a testament to them that they want to, they still want to try to be as social as they can be yeah. during this time. During this time. Yeah. And they were anyway with the online games and stuff. 
The Gen Zs are the first true natives to the digital era. Supposedly, I don't know where this came from. It was just online. Generation spends 15.4 hours per week on their smartphone. I want to say that's actually more now with the pandemic since they're, you know, on school online, socializing online, you know, playing games, whatever, online, Googling online. They are philanthropists. Gen Z wants to do good in the world. 93% say that an organization's impact on society affects their decision to work there. More moral, you know, conscientiousness. As a result of growing up during the Great Recession, Gen Z tends to be more careful with their expenses. So less entitlement, even though they're so used to on-demand and getting something right away. Hopefully their parents have taught them to earn that digital download or that Netflix, you know, or that Google Play, whatever. So they're born during fourth turning. So the next generation is the brand new guys. They are the Gen A, and I don't know much about them uh, because they're literally babies right now. Uh, again, a lot of this is is shaped too by the pandemic because these babies were born during then. But what we know so far about them, do you have anything on them? I have 2011 to 2025 with the ages. So they're still being born for Gen A. They will be the most educated generation in history. They're tech savvy. Uh, AI is their reality. So that's fun. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I like that. <laughs> Artificial but, intelligence. Yeah. They're their learning is highly personalized. Social media will be their dominant mode of interaction. They do not like the sharing economy. They don't like to play by the rules. Um, good. Good. Right. Exactly. No, think outside the box. Think outside the box. Exactly. That means you're actually doing something and not waiting for something to be handed to you. Mm-hmm. Right. And earning it. So Generation Alpha still emerging. And the shaping events are social justice movement, global pandemic. Trump era politics and Brexit. Um, Not too much yet, but we know that they're digital natives. They will expect fully integrated, personalized consumer experiences. Current data suggests they will be one of the most highly educated and wealthy generations because of all their side hustles, right? Yeah. No, there's, I mean, that's just it. Like there's so many people um, in that generation that, that wear five different hats and Mm -hmm. they're, I mean, Mm-hmm. And they're good at each one. I mean, they're they're you know, they put a lot of time and effort into different things that they're doing. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. like you know, here we are. You know, when we started this podcast, I'm like, ooh, we're gonna do a podcast. And there's like, yeah, sixteen year old with two podcasts, and they also have a uh, you know mm-hmm. three other things going on. And I mean, like, and, mm-hmm. and you know, it's oh, like, yeah. it's and like, like you know, so it's like it's 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 the norm. You know, uh, it's the today. norm to have a YouTube channel. It's the norm to have yeah. you know. Um, to sell, yeah, a podcast, so to speak, or just things that you're doing on the side or creating or coding. Um, they know a lot about that. And the other thing is one of the things that I guess we'll find out later, they're very used to uh, individualized learning. So learning remotely, attending school virtually, thanks to the global pandemic, gravitating toward online learning, perhaps homeschooling, things like that go up. They're so used to that yeah. already, you know, and I don't know what what is going to happen in the next few years with schooling and how far behind these kids are. But they seem to roll better with that than maybe some kids, you know, some older kids. I'm not sure. I guess we'll see. I would, I would, I, I will say this. Maybe one day we do a part two or mm-hmm. a, you know, another version mm-hmm. of the show and then perhaps have either, I mean, because basically one generation is being, represented um, on this podcast right now, but just to have the, you know, take on what uh, you say millennial, maybe 
would say or a baby boomer mm-hmm. um, if they were to join us or ask questions. So, I mean, if you guys uh, can can reach out and either make, you know, constructive comments, questions, mm-hmm. you know, or just statements mm-hmm. um, from your generation. and Or if you're a Gen Xer and you just want to come up with something that we, you know, missed or, or didn't consider, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I think that would be good. And then maybe we can maybe re- uh, analyze the show yeah and maybe uh, you know do another version of it right rethink things so like i said the this book i really like it um i'll mention it and we'll have it in our book club is the fourth turning um it got some criticism but one of the things that the author did predict with accuracy was a global crisis in 2020 so that was the beginning of the sort of the beginning of the um next turning that we're in Hopefully it will be resolved by 2026, 2030. Yeah, and this is all just his cycles of history, all back to medieval okay, times. So he's actually so, paying attention. Yeah. That's good. Four more years, people. People may not like it, but hey, it's history. All right. So um, what we learned today, right? Summary for today is lots of different. We're the 13th generation. Yeah. So what I've learned is... The, the baby boomers are overrated. The uh, the Gen Xers are awesome. The millennials... Were babied by the baby boomers. Were babied by the baby boomers. I almost want to... Again, you know, because again, I, I think I saw a couple of uh, videos where the, the millennials were like, well, it's not our fault. It's how we were raised. And it's like, that's that's exactly something a millennial would say, especially... <laughs> it's a blaming uh, Especially an only child millennial, right? So... I, I don't, I, I, I just, I, I do think that there is something to be said about maybe it's not their fault because again, your upbringing is your upbringing. And if you were always yeah. told that you're awesome, uh, you got to start believing it. I mm-hmm. mean, it's like, uh, I guess I am awesome. I, my mom and dad, they wouldn't lie, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, so, right. Right. and then, um, and then, yeah, like, like you said, like the, uh, the, uh, the Gen Zers, man, um, a, yeah. a lot of optimism. Yeah. Hopefully they live up to the hype. Reality testing. And I actually, I was right there with you. These years don't necessarily correspond with the, um, the gens, the generations, but the fourth turning is a crisis when the Gen Z's and some of the, um, Gen A's are born. So maybe there's like a little crossover, but yes, Gen Z's and Gen A's are up and coming. So that was fun. That was a lot of fun. through that and I, I was nice, I think, right? Hopefully no one's mad, <laughs> mad at my... I'm just you summarizing. You can't make everybody happy. You, I, you think? No. I'm not magical. You're kidding me. No. Like that coloring book? Yes. What was it? Um, I'm not a magician. I'm a psychologist yes, or something. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I do say that sometimes. I don't have... I'm going to get my magic wand out. It might be rusty, but I'm going to get it out. Yes, we're not magical, although we are pretty awesome for the most part. Those of us that become psychologists. Right, Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. To stay true to, uh, I guess, the craft or... Yeah. To stay true to the craft. Or, or in it for the, for the right reasons, maybe. Right. To have a good work ethic and, you know, do what it takes to to make it. So, yeah. There's a lot to be said for that in, in every profession. Every profession. Yeah. And again, reality testing of what do, what do you have to do to, you know, you want to be this thing. You want to be this plumber. You want to be this doctor. You want to be this lawyer, this teacher, astronaut. This is what you have to do. And also just giving realistic feedback of someone's limitations. They may not be able to do those things or they may have to work really hard, like a lot harder than the average Joe (laughs) to get there, right? Okay, so thanks for listening to our show. Catch all of our episodes and more at www.innerbalancepsychology.com or talktherapycbt.com. Email us, please, if you have any questions at info 
at innerbalancepsychology.com. And remember to stop it and give yourself a chance. <laughs>